two. Welcome everyone to another Busted Header podcast. I am Chris, aka Not the Fake Webby, and I am joined as always by Halbertius, aka Hal, aka Jake. Yeah, it, uh, it's been so long since we recorded that uh, I screwed up. That's that's what yeah. happens. Uh, you, your equipment changes, your setup changes. It's been almost two months. Uh, See, I have an excuse because I have literally moved my setup across state lines into a brand new apartment and i had no problems i want to let it be known i I set up we're great you're always a problem uh i have an excuse in that i just tore my computer apart and put it back together so uh, i think that's actually a better excuse to be honest with you um okay okay it's been two months not a uh, eventful two months in the basketball world but there's still quite a bit of things to talk about from a pistons perspective uh, exactly. We left you guys in summer league. At the moment, it's pretty eventful in the basketball world. Look, I don't hold for non-basketball things that we. Yeah, don't I don't know if here. we want to get into any of that. I don't really want to. Um, just That's treat people not... nice. It's not hard. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of lessons that can be learned with that, but we can continue. Yeah. That some other time. You want to dive right into our first topic here in the the injury roundup? Yep. So you get to you can take these. Because <laughs> there's a word in here you can't names. pronounce, right? <laughs> Navicular? Navicular. Navicular. Mm-hmm. So so there's <laughs> okay. three injuries we got to talk about for Detroit. Um, Isn't it just wrist surgery? No. Or, wrist, or no, it's a no. face thing. It's like nope. a cheek thing. Right? Nope. nope. That's Nose? like nasal is what you're My thinking hot of. or cold here? You are about as far away as you can possibly be. A navicular <laughs> fracture, fracture is in the bone. Or in the bone. In the foot. <laughs> You, now you've got me all, all spun around. It's in the foot. So Burks had a, a navicular fracture uh, surgery after the season ended. He was, uh, when they did uh, media day, which was just a couple days ago, uh, I believe they said his next eval is three weeks out. Um, so he is going to probably miss the first couple weeks. Um, certainly he's going to miss the the first few things of preseason. Um, I would think, uh, especially with a foot, you absolutely do not, like play on that until you're ready. So um, I wouldn't expect him um, until probably December is, is just my guess. Um, that one is a bit weird because the scuttlebutt around the league is that like the Knicks just didn't disclose that. Um, wow. That's like they didn't, they didn't announce he had surgery. He had surgery right after the season. They did not announce it. Uh, Knicks beat writer. I think it was Frankie Sola. Um, mm-hmm got that scoop and tweeted that out. But like, um, Oh, he's a Knicks guy, I think, but he's a New Yorker anyways. Um, and I may be misattributing that as well. That's, that might be my bad, but, um, like they didn't, they didn't like make a formal announcement of this. So, um, there's some, there's some disquiet around the league, I guess is, is we've heard from a couple people. I know James Edwards mentioned it on the latest bun and cardigan, that's just weird. It's just weird. Um, mm-hmm. Some some bad faith negotiating, maybe. He passed his physical, so like the Pistons had to know, but weird. Um, then I guess yeah. the, the next thing, uh, Kevin Knox has a gastric strain. I'm not super familiar with this like diagnosis. I haven't heard this one before, but I guess it's like a calf muscle thing. Um, so he's the weirdest injuries I've never heard of before. Yeah, I guess he's just like light working camp. It sounds like he's not going to be too much of a problem. Uh, and then Nerlens Noel is rehabbing from plantar fasciitis, and he's also kind of doing more light work and uh, getting back up to speed. I think he had a knee scope or something, too, in the offseason. There was some other thing, so he was already going to be on a lighter 
a lighter load to kick things off. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all the injury roundup for Detroit. Nothing that's like too scary. I know the uh, the one that people were probably worried and, and waiting to hear news on was uh, Jaden Ivey uh, in his summer league. Good, I remember correctly. Thing, <laughs> um, yeah, and that and that one, uh, uh, Ivey said during media day that he basically was was fine after summer league. He he rehabbed it in Vegas and and was good to go the rest of the summer. So, yeah, I feel like I remember him saying or remember hearing that like if he was. If this was like a regular like NBA season, he would probably just keep playing. Probably was anything too big. Um. So, yeah, I think the only other big one to mention is like the Chet Holmgren injury sucks. Yeah, I I, I really especially hate that like one. the timing of when it was too, and that in the what pickup game or whatever you want to call it, the right. program with right. against LeBron, because he was like he was like a damn good in that game up to that. He point. had a great summer league. He was looking good there. And this is this one just sucks because you just know all the people are trying to make it a narrative about how he's too weak or whatever. And like, this is a random. Uh, it's a Liz Frank injury, so it's like a it's the the tendons and bones on the top of the foot. It's just a thing that happens when you land wrong. It has nothing to do with like how much weight he he has or hasn't put on or any of that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, that that just sucks that he's gonna have to battle that narrative for a while. But I don't think there's anything else like around the league that I remember hearing. Recently, that's just like crazy. Nothing I can recall injury wise. I think it's really been chat, and I think everyone kind of cooled down for a little bit. It's really like a lot of people coming back. Like we're finally going to see Kawhi for a little bit. Like that's it's been a while since we've seen Kawhi and and Mm -hmm. uh, Clippers teammate uh, John Wall. Like obviously he wasn't hurt last year. He was just kind of abandoned (laughs) by the Rockets. But (laughs) just counting counting the checks at home. It just feels like it's been more of those than it has been. you know, like we're getting Dame Lillard back this year. That's crazy. I forgot that he just like missed most of the season. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of people last year that kind of got hurt. And the way the NBA goes, I feel like when you're not in the in like the front of the news cycle, you kind of disappear. And I feel like it's been a lot of these injuries, like Kawhi. Like everyone forgets about how great Kawhi was prior to that injury, and then he's been gone, and people forget about him. Right. So it'll be nice to see everyone kind of back and healthy. Because besides obviously Chet, I don't think there's a whole lot of injuries right now going on. Hopefully not. The NBA. All right. Do you want to talk anything about kind of the, the trades around the league and, and what how the league has changed since we talked last, or do you want to get right into Piston stuff? Well, I know you have written here the two Utah trades, which, what is going on in Utah? Let's <laughs> say even this would lead in very well to the Pistons trade with the, uh, uh, the Jazz. The, the answer is Wemby. <laughs> Victor yeah, Wembanyama like is really good. That's that's the answer. Uh, the uh, also, I think they got like awesome value in both deals. Yeah. Like I would never have paid that much for Donovan Mitchell, or frankly Rudy Gobert. So, I mean Rudy Gobert, I don't think I would have ever like that trade. I don't think I've ever seen a trade that's boggled my mind more than that Gobert trade. I, I am really excited to watch both the Cavs and the. The wolves. I think that wolves pairing could be really, really fun. But uh, it's just uh, the Jazz are just going to be an unwatchable like pit now. So oh yeah, that sucks. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a problem for Utah. It's not us for once. Uh, All right, let's get right into say, the piston stuff. Well, real quick though, I want to okay. say Donovan, Donovan Mitchell trade. Like it was a lot that Cleveland gave up, and I think that was an absurd amount of first round picks, which it kind of is nowadays. But if you really think Darius Garland and kind of the other guys they have around, uh, 
God, why am I forgetting this name? The rookie that drafted last year. Mobley. Power the... Yeah, Mobley. Thank you. Like, you think Mobley, Jared Allen. Like, if you think this is a real team and you go out and get someone like a Donovan Mitchell, I think that'll help them a lot. So, I I know it was a steep price to pay, but I was okay with it. Especially because ah. I, like, I wasn't a big Colin Sexton fan. Larry Mark and I feel like was fine, but I didn't know about with that lineup. So The picks, like, the picks are a problem to me. Uh, I hate teams that give away basically like all of their ability to like build like easy contracts around their team. I just also thought like Donovan Mitchell is a weird fit. I don't love him. Like he's bad defensively. He just is. He's he yeah. hasn't tried hard. And when he's six two, six three, and you're pairing him with <laughs> Darius Garland, he's, he's uh, not like, tall. <laughs> they're gonna like they're relying a lot on the Mobley Jarrett Allen backcourt. Uh, they're almost like guaranteeing that they need to have double rim protection behind them because both your guards are going to get like blasted. Yeah. Uh, and if like yeah. Isaac Okoro isn't uh, like that dude on the perimeter, like, you know, they just, I, I feel like they're backing themselves into a corner a bit with this one. I would much rather have uh, seen them go after um, uh, Murray instead of the Hawks. Like that would have been a way better fit to me than, than Donovan Mitchell. Um but, all right, I, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't totally disagree, but I do like. I, I like Donovan Mitchell as a player. Like they're gonna be really I, good offensively. And Darius, be, Gar- Darius Garland is awesome. I just yeah. don't think that defensively, like the like, it's one thing to be a small guard, but like Steph Curry, for example, is like a smaller guard who's but he like fights nah. defensively. He's really smart. Like Steph he's he, like six four. Yeah, he's he's like six three, six four, but like he's very slight. You can like a LeBron can like post him up, yeah. right? You can like you can yeah. you can target him with your playmaking. Not, not as much wings. nowadays, but definitely in his prime, he was definitely a smaller, little bit skinny, not really the most muscular guy. But like he, the amount of effort and smarts he has to just like be a baseline good playoff defender, and I really like Steph as a defender, but mm-hmm. like that's the level you have to be at to win a title. If you're, you know, a smaller guard and they've got two of these guys that neither one of them is at that level. So I have concerns, but yeah, we can, we can move on from that. Cause I don't want to be too negative. It is, I think going to be a really fun team for a little while for the Cavs. And frankly, if it doesn't work out, I think they'll get trade value back for Donovan Mitchell. Cause the Knicks will pay. Yep. And, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it but <laughs> I just look forward to some Darius Garland Donovan Mitchell versus Cade and Jaden Ivey matchups I feel like we have a lot of those in our future so too many I'm just happy about that our division is actually like way too good right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> well the Pistons obviously they're not to spoil I'm sure what we're going to talk about eventually but they're still a little bit away it's not like yeah. we're not geared up for a playoff run I think yet so let them be good let them spend all their money and be capped out just for us to take advantage. So, all right, you want to you want to kick us off with our first uh, our first news from the uh, the Pistons side. Yep. So the first thing we have on our docket here is that all the rookie options were picked up. Cade, of course, Bay, of course, Stu, of course, and then Hayes as well, as expected. Um, we picked up all four of their options for the what it the pickup the option would be for next year, right? The 23, yeah. 24. So so Hayes, Stu, and, and Bay are all getting their fourth year. And then Cade got his third year option already picked up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which Cade you can just <laughs> lock in all these years. Yeah, and a lot of people like, tell me that they weren't going to pick up Killian's, and I thought they were silly. And uh, yeah, Killian's option got picked up. So yeah, I mean it's only seven and a half million. Like yeah, that's even even if you don't think 
even if you're not enamored by you know him as a player right now, you still got to take that. Like option. he's still gonna Unless be a sounds. backup point guard. Like he's he's a rotation level point guard at this point, even without like major improvements to the shooting, just because mm-hmm. of the def- defense and playmaking. Like if you wanted to find that somewhere else, you're probably paying somebody six million dollars to be a reasonable backup point guard. There's yeah. not a whole lot of reason to not take that. But I'm looking at our capture right now. Sadiq is not even getting paid three million dollars this year. Right, right. That's hilarious. He's, he's gonna get in... paid. He's gonna get twenty five mil in oh, his extension. He's gonna get paid, paid. <laughs> I don't know if he. I don't know if he's gonna get a full max, but he's gonna get. He's gonna get at least like the first, the equivalent of that first Tobias Harris contract. He's gonna get at least that. Yeah, I forget where, where are we at with the max rookies. Is it like mid thirties? Low. 30s? Uh, it's twenty five percent, right? So it's. Is it? Does it go up twenty five? You're not. I think it's twenty five, thirty, thirty five. Right. It's the scale. Is that what it is now? I thought it was 20, 25, 30, but I could be wrong on that. I think it's 35 is the super max for senior players. Okay. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot of money. It's an insane amount of money. Yeah. Oh. It is generation changing money. Yeah. Don't, like, <laughs> we're fighting over peanuts at the moment trying to compare the differences. With like 6 so. or 8% raises. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the fun stuff. What's yeah. the fun stuff? New jerseys. The teal is teal back, baby. Teal is back, baby. I'm so they excited. Look, they look good too. I still think the numbering is still odd, but the logo is mm, ah. The logo the is great. Colors the, are the great. teals are not actually like my favorite favorite jersey. Just like I do not love the orange in the teals. Uh, I've always thought that they could like do a little better than the orange. But well, what's your favorite jersey then? I really like the red version of them. I much prefer the red version. I like the like you can. I don't. I don't remember if they ever actually wore the blue version, but there's a blue version that has. Uh, I think there's like a Mitchell and Ness like alternate that's just basically the Pistons blue. Like that's better um, to me. But like the teal is fun. It's unique and like more importantly, like how much money do you think people are making off the teal? Oh my god! Like like between the official Pistons gear and all the like other extra stuff because we've been using the the you know motor horse logo and everything and people have been putting teal in in you know bootleg pistons gear for years uh and you just have to imagine that that is exploding right now i believe for the record that we did i'm posting the picture now in our chat but i believe we did wear the uh the blues at a certain point i see grant hill on a court in blues yeah so I can I, I never remember if that's, like, actual or if that's just a Photoshop one. Because um, there are a couple of weird Photoshops that have, like, circulated it's, it's around the internet it's like, so it much that, like, like... It looks a lot like it's, uh like, the teal, so yeah, I can't It would have been, like, the sure. late 90s, early 2000s yeah. era. Um, yeah, I'm still a fan of the, like, red burgundy ones. Those are my... I always, I've, I've, I've always yeah, said that, like, the, if they took the orange and they just made it, like, silver, I would love them so much more. I just I'm just not a huge fan of the orange, but that's fine. I love the teal. I love that it's back. I love that like they're they're making a statement that they're like clearly trying to change the branding and bring you know the new branding in. Um, I love that like they've kind of th- this is a chance for them to like reclaim the teal because obviously a lot of the fans from the '80s do not like the teal because it was like a very intentional departure from the Bad Boys. Um, they didn't want that that reputation mm-hmm. as the bad boys anymore, so they like changed all of the branding. I get why that's like a bit frustrating, but also they're fun and they're cool. Yeah. And this is like it's branding different. that the Pistons definitely 
uh, definitely needed. And it's kind of like, it's not Grant Hill's fault that like they didn't quite win enough for the Teals to become like yep. as beloved as the bad boys jerseys. Cause that's basically all where all the complaint is, right? Is that, is that Grant Hill wasn't, you know, his, his team wasn't quite good enough to cement it as a hey, winning hey, era. Grant Hill and Jerry Stackhouse. Don't forget Jerry now. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jerry. Uh, I love Jerry on the Pistons. I but, I, en- yeah. I, en- I enjoyed Jerry Stackhouse on the Pistons. I freaking love Grant Hill highlights. They're some of my yeah, favorites. He is so special. Uh, that yeah, the fact those, that his career ended though. the way it is just sucks. But yeah, well, I mean, he, he ended up having a much longer. Career he came, he came back as a really valuable role player with the Suns and everything. Yeah. But yeah, it just he should have he should have been so much better for another too. six years. He was one of those guys that just never like the Vince Carter where it's like, oh, he's still around. Like, yeah, he learned how to shoot a little later. So, yeah, it's he, crazy. He and then immediately well. became like a Hawks owner, like right after. Became a broadcaster yeah. and a Hawks owner, like within like three years. <laughs> I'm trying to see who was on that 2013 Clippers team that he was in his last year. That was I the Clippers? Was very, Good Lord. Because Chauncey was on it. <laughs> I did not realize that that was God. a... It was, it was, it was Lob City. Was it the first year of Lob City? Lob City I, didn't, I, I didn't realize he made it that far. I knew Chauncey was on the team. I did yeah. not realize Grant Hill was still playing on that one. This is a wild That was, a, that was the Holy first shit. year I came back to the league. Holy... All right, so Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamal Crawford, which we know, Matt Barnes mm-hmm. makes mm-hmm. sense. DeAndre Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, Kron Butler, which uh-huh. I don't know if he was on. I don't remember him being there. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, uh-huh. Lamar Odom, <laughs> Chauncey. Having uh, Lamar Grant and Hill. Grant Hill on the same team is really funny to me. That's a real <laughs> Spider-Man meme moment, except one of them isn't crazy. Yeah, like up and down. It's just a list of like what i know that guy <laughs> such a weird like, era Ronnie such Turia. a weird team like, yeah i know that guy ryan hollins dewan summers like up and down that team. it's a weird <laughs> it's team. such a 2013 team too yeah like the 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 forward heavy like yeah we need a we oh. still need a couple plotting big men like ronnie turieff just like does not belong in the nba nowadays <laughs> and he's just on that team hanging out can you guess this looks like it was actually the second year of lob city can you guess who the coach was can I guess? Well, it wasn't Doc yet. Nope, Doc started next year. Um, <laughs> this is really going to test your NBA knowledge. <laughs> I don't know if you know who this is. Was there a Del Negro year for their there? You're the correct, Vinny Del Negro. Yes. <laughs> this is the last year. <laughs> I knew there was a couple of weird ones in there. Yeah, the Vinny Del yeah. Negro years. He had three years um, as a coach in the Clippers. <laughs> All oh, right, that's a good detour. Uh, but yeah, we got another jersey. We got another jersey. I know. And I love well, this one. I'm, I'm just saying in general. Yeah. You were I think you're hundred percent spot on in that it came after the bad boys and right before the going to work pistons. Like it was just it was a weird era for Pistons basketball. It the jerseys themselves, while they were nineties, the hundred percent. You can't like those were a hundred percent a product in the nineties with kind of their like vibrant colors and the crazy logo. Mm-hmm. Like, and I would say <laughs> it wasn't my favorite jersey, probably because I was a young child at the time and I associated it with the Pistons being bad. But as I've gotten older, I looked on them with a much more nostalgic lens and I have missed them and I've welcomed them back as opposed to the normal, as I've said before, the Pistons normal uniforms that are not good. Yeah, they're just boring. They're overdone. Every team in the league has white, blue, and they, red. 
They're, like, they're, they're fine jerseys when they're accompanied by like jerseys like we have this year, right? They're good baselines to build like fun alternates off of. They're not good when you have to like when your white homes jersey is like your best jersey in the collection, that's bad. Yeah. That's a bad sign. Exactly. And that's been the case up until basically last year with the, the Thunderbolt jerseys coming back. You're thinking. This is another another real weird segue. Okay. What is the what is your favorite Lakers jersey? I don't have one. No? No. I love I, I, I love their white alternates. I, I love ooh, those jerseys. They would not be on my list. Really? Really. I'm not a huge fan of, of the Lakers colors. Like I don't think they use the purple enough, which uh I really enjoy uh, the purple. That would be that would be where I'd start. Uh, I think mostly because they try and avoid like doing something too Kingsy. Um, <laughs> Fair. Like purely aesthetically, it would probably be something from like one of the black collections. Uh, okay. yeah, kind of makes sense. Like if obviously, I have a more nos- like yellow. there's there's a more nostalgic connection to like the yellow, like Shaq Kobe era. Yeah. Like like well, that is the Lakers jersey I, I associate in my brain. Those white but... jerseys with like twenty four Kobe, <laughs> like older Kobe with you know the unstoppable turnaround. I guess I just the, the white jerseys are not a huge thing for me in basketball because every team just has one and they feel boring. Yeah. In like soccer, I really like a lot more white jerseys because like a lot more care is put into like the different trims and everything. I do not I say, love soccer jerseys. Put a little bit more effort into. Like the white jerseys and doing there's just there's just like soccer jerseys are a lot more people. willing to like change the lines on the jersey. You know, like you yeah. can have like completely different like shoulders and sides in a way that like on basketball jerseys it's like you're just gonna get a white jersey with a logo and some you know the the color trim for the team on the on the neck and shoulders and that's just what you get because that's what a white basketball jersey is. Mm-hmm. So I'm never a huge fan of the whites and when we do have whites, I actually like the Pistons whites more than their blues just because like you get a lot more color. Uh, in the big stripes down the side than you do on some of the other white jerseys. Well, it's a good thing that everyone likes black jerseys, because I don't think you could say that for black jerseys. You don't like the blacks. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, correct. Uh, All right, but enough jersey talk. Spe- speaking <laughs> of dark jerseys, no, we got to talk about the other jerseys, because we got another set of jerseys, right? We got oh. the, the new statements, and I, I kind of like these. I, I have some complaints about them, but like this is my favorite... Uh, like direction for them to go in. I've been begging them for years to do like more vibrant red and blues. Um, mm-hmm. basically ever since they took the dark blue and tried it for the Motor City, I was like, obviously these look terrible. But like the the Pistons regular blue is like very cliche, right? Like the it's like seventy sixers blue yeah. and all these all the other teams use that. The deeper, uh, like Royal Navy blues and stuff were always a place I wanted them to explore. I like these. I like that the the top is like slightly not quite black. It's slightly more navy than black. I love that the the colors are so vibrant. Um I'm I'm really really I like these. I like um I have I have some complaints um about like the way the font choice is and like where the numbering yep. goes and uh, yep. I don't I do not <laughs> Those like are my two complaints. I very much do not like vertical short stripes and horizontal jersey stripes hate yeah. that uh so yeah. if you're gonna put stripes on something and they're going to uh meet at like the end of the jersey they need to continue up the rest of the jersey if you put short stripes on like that would be fine to me if the short stripes like tapered to a point like at the pocket hmm. if like i would i would be much more okay with that like for these i would much rather have like the short stripes be like a waistband or something than vertical stripes. i don't like that i think that just looks 
disconnected and disjointed. But my favorite part my of this thing. is quick, well, real you, quick, is that no, I think the uh, I think the next version of these jerseys, like I think these are ones that they're gonna like try iterating on, and I think the next version of these jerseys will be like really good because these are the right colors. This is the color scheme I really want them to keep exploring. Yep. I just don't like really the layout like, quite yet. Here's my here's my uh, un uneducated uh, design take. I hate where the numbers are at. Yes. What I would like is instead of the front stripe going all the way across, if it curved down and went to the pants in line with the pants stripes. And so then the it, was, it was it was flat like, across the back and then and then curved yep. down. Okay, I can yep. see that. The uh, like, I hate I hate the sideways offset number. I hate it so much. I, I like I don't know if you saw the mock up that I think it's probably Conrad Burry did on on Twitter, but the, he took the front number and he put it inside the stripes. So it's like that, over that the, another, it's over the I think the left breast and it's inside the stripes and then he put Detroit instead of the debt because I I don't think many people like the debt I'm not a huge fan of the the not, det not um, I would much rather have the full word mark across the chest but the the numbers being in the stripes was much better I like that much better from a, a design choice and then it matches the back because on the back the the back yep, numbers go across right the, the stripes but I also I do like your idea of of bringing them down. Um, Kind of in a swoop. Yeah. That reminds me of like the 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 Blazers, and I think the Wizards have had something similar to mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, w- yeah, I would I, I would be willing to do look that. Look at the yeah. Blazers off the top of my head that do have kind of the which their logo is that to begin with, so it kind of makes a little more sense for them. But I just think design wise, yeah, I think I think there's room to, room to grow here. But I do again, I love this this color scheme, and I think mm-hmm. we're gonna get some like great like shirts and hats and stuff out of it too. Yeah, I'm gonna say the hats are gonna be fire with the. We have not we have not seen the special the, court through the debt. That's the other thing is we haven't seen the the court. I think if we get a good a custom court, which we're supposed to, and like they get that the the like deep navy blue on the court and stuff, I think that's gonna be great. Yeah, I'll be very curious to see what that looks like. Cause I think you could definitely use those, the blue and the red as accents very nicely. So, very much looking forward to the court. To the court, caught. <laughs> all, all right you want to talk about, about basketball, basketball? yeah enough, enough jersey talk we, we did jersey talk let's talk about the pistons all right so we have another trade as we were talking about a little bit earlier we mentioned uh the pistons have made a trade with the jazz this time because the jazz are just having an absolute fire sale um so we were able to get off of kelly Olenek, who was very especially with kind of the Knicks trade surplus to requirements um, as well as Saban Lee, who we gave every single chance in the world uh, to produce, but now he sounds like he's going to be a good tank commander for the Jazz. He's not in return. Play. What? He's they the Pistons paid his buyout along with the trade. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, note. that's that. He's probably not long for that roster, is my guess. Well, <laughs> best of luck to Saban in his future endeavors. But what do we get for it? Bojan Bogdanovic. So it's, it's use use a stuff. Y noise. So it's Boyan. 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 Who am I thinking of? Bojan. I don't know. I think you're I'm probably thinking, thinking of, of Bogdan. Because there's Bogdan Bogdanovich, and then there's Boyan. I think I just blurred. May I blurred the two names together? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got time to work on this. <laughs> right, tell me a little bit about him. Uh, elite here? elite shooter, right? One yep. of the very best, um, and an elite pick and roll ball handler. Um, like 90th percentile catch-and-shoot shooter as well as 90th percentile pick-and-roll ball handler. Uh, so just a massive upgrade in offensive uh, firepower and just kind of offensive like fluidity in terms of what you can do 
Um, mm-hmm. He's not a quick uh, player. I mean, he's like 33, 34 now. Um, yeah. He's never been a crazy athletic guy. Um, and he's not like a crazy quick decision maker either. He's he's very much a guy who will like to probe. Um, but like when he catches on the wing, you can just kind of immediately flow into, you know, a second pick and roll for that possession, right? Cade comes down, runs something with, uh, you know, your big man of, of the day, whether that's Isaiah or, or Bagley or, or Noel or Duran. You know, he runs it. It doesn't work. They, they get a little bit of an advantage. They slip it out to, to Boyan and he's going to immediately turn around and be able to run another pick and roll and get you really good offense out of it. Um, he's a, he's not an, like an elite passer, but he, like, he's a good enough passer. Um, mm-hmm. the one thing is he's not good at like at all in isolation. Uh, he's very mediocre in transition other than his pull up three, like gravity. Uh, like he's, he's just not going to run basically. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. that's not what you, that's not what you bring him on for. <laughs> and you, you basically don't mention his defense at this point. He, he actually has like moments, um, back when he was on Indiana, if you remember, there were a couple series where it was like, oh, Bojan is like defending LeBron and like really getting up into LeBron. So like he has some like some of that like crafty, nasty, um, you know, he's a really big body and a really strong player, but like he's not fast. He's not laterally quick. So um, and frankly, he doesn't try <laughs> anymore. Um, you know, one of the reasons that the that the Utah roster kind of broke down was that like Boyan was just like, nah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, this roster is not worth me giving it anymore. Uh, so you don't really expect, uh, like a lot of like super like winning impact from him just because that's kind of gone at this point. But yeah. the team is just going to look a lot better offensively now that Boyan is here. Yep, exactly. He was someone who was brought in to be like just an elite catch and shoot three point shooter, um, shooting at what? 39%. From the field or from three, the last two years on like six, seven attempts. So yeah, great volume. Like, can yeah. can shoot pull ups, can shoot off the catch. Um, yep. really, the only thing he doesn't do offensively is get to the rim. That's that's just not his game. Is is and he struggles sometimes finishing basically because he just if he's got a jump, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and especially as he's getting older, because yeah, yeah, he's in his early thirties at this point, and. You're not exactly a spring chicken, and he was never athletic to begin with. No. Uh, it's not going in the right direction there. So, overall, though, for what we gave away, just absolutely stellar trade. And so. this was a huge roster need, right? I mean, we didn't have we d- we had no idea who was going to start at the at power forward um, because we were like, is it Stu and Bagley together? That's weird. Is it Isaiah Livers who's going to be like the small forward? Um, Boyan just slots right in right there's there's no question to in my mind uh as, as long as he's healthy he's he's that starting forward exactly and it balances the roster i feel like quite nicely uh from the <laughs> from uh troy's usual summer surplus of centers yes <laughs> brings them all yes. in. There, there's them always out. a center on the move because there's always at least one extra yep <laughs> so uh overall pretty happy with it uh ended up taking on a little more money from the notes that you have here, uh, $5 million more um, in his salary than what we got rid of with Kelly and Saban, but it's not relevant. <laughs> well, <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is an interesting one to me because so Kelly has, uh, so the Pistons gave away 14 and a half this year. 
as well as the, uh, some money. I think they they sent like three million out basically, which is like Saban's buyout is covered. Um, that, I may have have that number wrong, but it doesn't matter. They sent a little bit of money to cover the buyout. Um, but the uh, so the Pistons brought money back, but Boyan is an expiring. I don't think there's any chance that the Pistons hold on to him after yeah. this year. I, I, I d- he's someone well, who could be if he if he looks good during the year. It's he's someone who could be moved at the trade deadline. Yeah, like absolutely. he's someone that'll be valuable for a contender. I, I think I think there's there's no question that even someone like the Lakers, it's like oh you've got a, a pair of second rounders. Uh, absolutely, like hand them over. We'll take we'll take any basically any draft capital you can get for an expiring Boyan. Take it. Um, mm-hmm. You know if if he can help you start confidently and have a have a you know stronger start to the season and then you know you want to tank a little bit more at the end of the season you get a little draft capital you feel a little better about yourself you know maybe at that point um, you know just the rest of the team is kind of coming together a little bit and ready to take some of those minutes no question that I think a healthy Bojan is is absolutely movable. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be like obviously again he's older he's not a huge playoff defender anymore so like. I don't know if he's going to be more like I don't know if he's going to get you a first round value even from a contender. Um, yeah, but a couple seconds. I, I don't think so. Sure. The interesting thing is he's a lot more money this year, but he's expiring, which means that the Pistons are going to get again twenty million off the books at the end of the year, mm-hmm. which is a big chunk to head into free agency. Uh, yep. Which is which is interesting because Kelly and Saban cheaper, but. Um, Kelly was still on the books for next year, though his final year I think had only three mil guaranteed out of the like twelve and a half he was owed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it so was some, it might have been more than that, but it was definitely uh, some kind of not guaranteed deal. So, so here's the question: Why the hell did the Jazz do this? <laughs> I have checked Reddit, I have checked Twitter, I still have not gotten a full answer. I've heard one half of a plausible theory so far, which is that they gave the Pistons somebody to make them better so that the Pistons can't out-tank the Jazz to get Victor Wembanyama. That's the most plausible theory I've heard so far. Because the Jazz are taking on future money, basically, right? They're, they're taking on at least a $3 million debt next year uh, if they don't keep Kelly for 12. And they might just keep Kelly because, frankly, like they're going to need bodies. Uh, like yeah. They're not saving, I don't think, anything in the luxury tax. They're like $40 million under the cap. Yeah, I'm uh, at this point relevant. because they're or 40 million I think under the tax apron they're close to the cap but they're, they're quite un, uh, significantly under the tax because they just traded away two max contract guys so like I, I this is a baffling thing to me <laughs> is it is it because Danny Ainge drafted Kelly there's there what? might be some weird Danny Ainge stuff going on. I, I, I don't. I had to, I, I had to I, go back and think of this because yeah. like, obviously a Danny Ainge making like making someone who he's contending with better so they can't tank that that makes sense. It's a very Machiavellian like Danny Ainge take. It's an extremely but weird Danny Ainge thing. But also getting a guy he drafted back, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, I there, there's like like. 18% of a reason to do this trade so far. That's what we've discovered. <laughs> there's I just I, there's like a massive like something had to have happened to be like yes, this we're going to pull the trigger now and I don't understand whether I don't know if everyone else said no, we don't want him or like I it's weird to me. It's baffling. Uh yeah, this is one of those things where like universally unilaterally everybody I know was like this is a great trade for the Pistons. And yeah. absolutely nobody was like I understand this for the for the Jazz. Nobody has been <laughs> like that. The Jazz people I I know the the beat writers I follow, they're all just like, yeah, 
he, he's out of here. We we knew he was getting traded. <laughs> that's that's mm-hmm. the best they got. Like we knew he was on the way. Yeah. None of them can explain why this was was valid. Like I when I saw that the Pistons were trading for for Boyan, like I expected this to be like Killian was involved. I expected there to be second rounders involved. I was a little nervous because like he's got value, and I guess he just doesn't. Yeah, it, it's odd, but I feel like NBA trades sometimes just do that where it's like, what? Oh, okay, sure, I guess. <laughs> so I felt when the Gobert trade happened. So yeah. Um, on a last note, there, can someone please rescue Mike Conley from the Jazz? Please, I would have taken him as well. I love Mike Conley. Yeah, yep, uh, I love Mike Conley. Uh, is there any risk to you of them getting through January, not trading him, and buying him out? Uh, you're Are talking you... about the Pistons with the... Yes, with, with, with Bogey. Bogey? Yeah. I don't... Th- I wouldn't expect it unless they are just stinking up the place and it's tankathon. Because, like, if he says, I want to go out and play for a contender, I've got, like, three more years of a career left and they're not going to be, you know... Like, he's declining fast, probably. If he says, I want out, you couldn't find a trade for me... You know, it's it's February 30th or whatever. Does February even have 30, 30 days? I think it's got 28. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I, I think it gave February right, extra I days. I think you're way off of that one, for the record. Um, um, yeah, I mean, if the Pistons are, like, not even close to, like, making the playoffs and he says, like, get me to a contender and you can't get him to a contender, yeah, you, I think you have to. I don't think it's even a question. Like... He's not here. He's not under contract next year. You want to make sure to maintain that goodwill. Like, <laughs> I don't know what what else to say. Okay, I'm just trying to prep for that like weird like ah they're thinking about buying him out in like January when they can't find a partner. It's it's just like I'm expecting that kind of in a way that it, I think some people might be surprised. <laughs> all right, that's all the trade talk, all the roster news. Time for. Uh, media day time for broader topics first things first have you seen killian hayes's new shot were you on twitter the last two days okay so i'm gonna demonstrate on camera for you all right he now like first of all he's got he's got the the knock need thing going on right they changed his footwork because they they said uh, james edwards got a great interview with his shooting coaches who said hey his biggest problem was like he shuffled into shots right lots Mm -hmm. of little steps into shots which gave him like really inconsistent footwork and balance. So we just, we focused on getting like a common pattern into his shot and like, okay, but now he's got like horrific knee valgus, which is where you're, you have like knock knees, right? So, um, typically, that was not a word you just said. uh, what? That was not a word you just said. Valgus. Knock- valgus. Made that up. No, no. So it's a, it's a valgus collapse. So when you like, think about when you're doing squats, okay. As you, as you go down, you want your knees to go down, um, you know, stably, right? You want that. You want them to uh, your your hips uh, and your feet to like all line up so that your knees, like, you want that whole like hip to knee to toes to all line up. And what happens uh, commonly with shooters, uh, if your feet, if your toes are pointed inward, uh, or your feet are too far apart or whatever, your knees will start to pinch together. All right. And what happens when you do that is as you jump, a lot of the force is getting redirected into the direction your knees are pointing. And so instead of pushing you up, they 
you know, they just kind of destabilize you because what, because eventually you're going to extend and you're still going to go up. But now because your knees are busy compensating for these weird directions, you have like weird pelvic tilt and all sorts of things that you're not compensating for in your shot. So it's a not super healthy for your knees. Uh, like you, you generally have to be putting like a real load on them for that to like damage your knees, but it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it requires like more like tendon strength, but also like it's really bad for shooting consistency. So he's he's showing lots of knee valgus in these shots we see from from uh, media day practices, and then when he pockets the ball, so he shoots lefty. He's coming up. His hand is like this, all right. So like it's it's like cocked way, like the the guide hand is like behind the ball and a it's it's weird. Hmm. There's. It's, it's interesting because, like, his shooting coaches in this interview, they diagnose, like, ah, he shoots too low and he's got these happy feet. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, you're right. These are common diagnoses. I've said the same thing. And then they're like, mm-hmm. and so this is the fix. And it's like, this fix makes me nervous. These were not the fixes I would have done. That's so not how you would have uh, done it there. Let's after, just say I'm nervous. I, I, uh, I, I'm nervous. Uh, there was a quote, and I don't know if James was interpreting something or if this was a direct quote, but he was like, they weren't so worried about where his knees and feet were pointing. And I was like, that's bad because that's basically <laughs> the most important part of shooting a consistent jump shot. Like you can do a lot of weird stuff with your upper body as long as your feet are clean and it, the ball is going to go in. Uh, so I'm, I'm nervous is what I'm how saying. Much, how much of the Thunder paying for Chipping Lynn again? I don't know. Can we, can we double like, that, I, Like, can we? Yeah. I, pretty, pretty please. I, I'm very nervous. Yeah, um, that, that does not. I feel like the hypothesis for why he's having issues with this shot sounds. It makes sense for me. I, I definitely see the same issue where he's shooting it too low. His feet do not seem to be quite set sometimes. That all checks out. I don't know about that answer though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's I, weird. I'm uncomfortable with this. Uh, the, I want to say I'm really make... I'm really hoping right that what we're seeing in these clips is like the like half built shot right so it's like ah yeah, in exactly. like a couple yeah, months it's gonna even out but just like I if you're gonna my rebuild hope is that it, they're trying to do that kind of weird like super exaggerated kind of like arm stance and leg stance to get him used like break him out of his old habits and get him used to whatever they want to eventually develop it into. Yeah, I don't, the the guide hand thing I don't understand, and and people are just gonna have to like Google or or check uh, Twitter for for images because it's hard to explain. I'm sorry, uh, it's a it's a it's an audio medium. I get it. Um, yeah, like the foot thing, I I it. hope it's like you're you're progressing to better footwork. But the weird thing to me is like if you're gonna like pretty much completely rebuild how he gets in into his shot and how like his shot entries. I would think that the focus would be on, like, your feet should be relatively shoulder-width apart and, like, relatively in line with each other, and we need to watch for knee valgus. Like, if you're going to rebuild things, that's basically the first thing you look at is we shouldn't have knee valgus because that's, like, every bit as detrimental as that leg swing he had before. Like, because mm-hmm. the leg swing was mostly just, like, it's a compensation mechanism for weird momentum from him shuffling his balance, right? So that was, that was him kind of compensating in the same way that people use the leg swing when they shoot post fadeaways, right? It's a, it's a balancing thing. Yep. So like the fix to the leg swing is basically just like not swinging the leg. 
right? It's it's like just getting into your shot comfortably enough that you don't feel the need to swing the leg, and the leg swing is your indicator that you got into the shot wrong. They've changed a lot, and now you have knee valgus, which like happens. Uh, it, it has nothing to do with your entry and everything to do with like what your where your feet are comfortable being placed. Um, and mm-hmm. so if you get used to shooting a shot with your feet pigeon toed or whatever, that's a problem. Like you're you're establishing bad habits. So I really, really, really hope it's a focus that they're that they're going to change that because like that's really bad moving forward. Yeah. No. I usually defer to you on shot stuff because I don't spend nearly enough time. But it's obvious I can. Be like that doesn't look right, but yeah, I feel like you got the nitty gritty down, so I'm gonna trust your opinion on it. All right, let's get your reactions to some other media day things here. I didn't put them on the sheet, so we're, we're, I'm gonna have to go off memory here. Uh, Cade Cunningham good. says he's like 12 pounds heavier. How do you feel? Good, better, good. I like that. Cool. Give me a uh, thick Cade. Give me a dump truck Cade. Well, and he lost like 20 coming out of college, so that's one of those things where like ah, I think he learned like ah yeah yeah, yeah. this uh, the league definitely demands like more physicality, and uh, we're bulking back up. Um, and Cade was someone who, while never being like small, he was never quite big either. Like he looked like his frame could add could use some more pounds. So I mean, he he was a lot bulkier in college. He was playing the four basically in college all the time. So like he's now like a two. So. Uh, they, mm-hmm. That that was that required a little bit of of rejiggering for him. Uh, Marvin Bagley says he's going to shoot now. Yikes! Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go. Isaiah uh, Stewart uh, says he's going to shoot now. Expected. Like like cool. Good. We we've seen that's this. What everyone in, has been talking about for what the entire off season. Yeah, we saw this in summer league. Looked fine. Uh, you know, I think uh, his shot looks better, which moves me into this this next thing I do have on the list, which is. Um, Stu did an interview on the Bun and Cardigan with, with, uh, James Edwards and, and Nick and said, I haven't changed my shot. Uh, they, Nick asked him directly about like, you look like you're shooting better. And he's like, I haven't changed my shot. And a lot of people are like, ha, see, he hasn't changed anything. And I would just like to point out that like, he has <laughs> like, very clearly there's different, like if you we look got at it him in two 4K, years ago, Stu. we can see it. And this is one of those things where, like, I think this is just him being, like, I don't want to say that I've changed my shot, because then it sounds like I had to rebuild it, right? Like, people are going to yeah. think that, like, it was, like, this extreme process, when in reality, I think for the most part, Stu has just worked on, like, smoothing things out, right? Getting there quicker, getting there faster, getting getting the, uh, you know, getting through all his motions in the right rhythm. Like, I think it's mostly, like, the same form being shot better, yeah, but like, say, there's a very visual it. difference to what we're doing here. <laughs> can we can we say that he didn't? Can we agree with him in saying that he hasn't changed his shot, but yet he has definitely tweaked his shot? Uh, that like, makes it sound there are changes. <laughs> like the the location where he is releasing the ball has changed. Now it's changed because like he's gotten rid of a hitch on the way up and he's smoothed that out. So like, there's just like a different. He, he's not flinging it to the same point because he doesn't need to generate force in the same way. Um. But it's it's like it's part of the, like the ball pathing is the same for him the 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 gathering footwork all the stuff all this that stuff is the same but like yeah it looks different and I just thought, that, thought it was funny that he he was like very defensive about like no no I haven't changed my shot like please do not do not like go out there and like put out the Don't word that like I rebuild my shot because like 
that's bad news for a player, right? That's that's like bad press for them. And I thought that was very funny, honestly. Is it bad press for them? I feel like it's good press. I feel like every single offseason, it's, oh, this big has changed their shot. They're going to shoot threes now. But, like, we nobody believes that, right? It's like, ah, he well, changed no his shot. No, nobody but believes it. Oh, oh, hype coming into, you know, your fantasy basketball draft. The, the, doing to me. No one I'm, I'm, try, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to refocus my camera because it's, it's camera? really fuzzing on my face right now. It's disorienting to me. I don't, you're, too, you're too animated. You're I going all over the I'm, place. I'm, I'm, it's I'm not changing ready. depth. It can't right handle now. the 60 FPS my camera does. <laughs> no, it handles it. It's just got like an autofocus that I haven't turned down. For some reason, Discord's like, no, no. Those those custom settings you have in your camera, ignore them. <laughs> Discord's <laughs> no, no, just going to like We Discord. know better than you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh... Random question I came up with while while doing draft stuff. Uh, do you know who Victor Wembanyama's teammates are on Metro Forty Two? This is a complete pivot, but I put it here in the document, so we're gonna do it here. Do you know? Not a damn clue. So I am excited to hear who they are. Uh, Aaron Henry <laughs> oh. is, is is hanging out with Victor, and uh, yeah, he, was, he was what he was on with the, the Sixers for a little bit. Sixers last year. Yeah, and then he went to summer league for. Like us or someone random, I don't know. And well, and then he also, was uh, highlighted. I, now I can see it. Yeah. Well, and uh, Devonte Jones, the the Michigan point guard from from last year. I legitimately don't know who that is. Um, and then uh, Tremont Waters, who was like a big LSU star. So it's it's yeah. just kind of interesting that if uh, if people are looking to check out the uh, the future future number one guy, probably the number one guy. There's there's some competition, but most most likely the future <laughs> number one guy in the is draft, he, and they want to watch your him this number year. one guy. Probably. <laughs> that, was, that was the answer I was expecting because I know you. Uh, I know you're I, obviously. I, big I on. really love like eight dudes in this draft. I know you do. Like, like there are there are a good like five or six I would have put number one last year. So uh, I know you love Scoot. I know you like the Thompson. Twins. I, I love Scoot. I love the Thompson twins. I I love uh, several people. Derek Whitehead is really really good. He'll be at Duke this year. Um. The kid at Villanova, who's uh, Cam Whitmore, is really, really good. Oh, He's yeah. like, what yeah, if Sadiq Bay was just like super down. athletic? So uh, there's a lot of really good guys, but I just it made me laugh really hard when I saw that there's a Michigan point guard, a Michigan State shooting guard, and an LSU guard all playing on uh, on uh, Victor Wembanyama's team. There. Just say like Ben Simmons' former teammate, because was he on the Ben Simmons team, Waters? Uh, he might have been. That might be right. You after. watched enough of those games. I know you liked watching Simmons at LSU. So, you ooh, should know. ooh, ooh. Let's let's be real careful here. I liked watching Ben Simmons. I did not like watching I that LSU that. team. That LSU team was very not good. I think My Waters is, is after. Watched, oh, oh, he's wait. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. They made a boot in twenty nineteen. I don't think he is. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Because, because, because uh, the big thing with with um, it, who do they have Simmons's team was that like they couldn't shoot or like run oh, or yeah. do anything, and Waters is like a really good pick and roll guard and creator. I'm trying to remember who was. Oh, I'm trying to remember who was on that team. There was someone that you watched that, or there was someone else on that team that was decent. I can't remember who the fuck it was. I don't remember. All right. All right. day. Let's move on to some some bigger stuff here, quick. The lineups. Boyan <laughs> changes things, right? That this this was going to be a very different conversation a week ago. Who's your starting lineup? Um. <laughs> clarification. 
Mm-hmm. This is my starting lineup, mm-hmm. or is this Dwayne Casey's starting lineup? Because those give are me, two different give, things. Give me, give me both. Okay, okay. So start with Casey. My... Start with Casey. Start with Casey. Yeah. All right. Well, Casey is forced to start Kate Cunningham. Obviously, Correct. that's a given for both teams. So I guess maybe maybe I should do the both. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, sure, Cade. Mm-hmm. That's going to be there. Um, I would put Ivy starting mm-hmm. at two. I'm really I'm trying to figure out in my head because I did not come prepared for this question. Burks is out to start. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I would have put him in here. Uh, for, I think you're forgetting for, somebody like really important here. That's just like very obviously going to play the three. Come on. I'm at the two. I'm saying. Oh, I thought, I thought you saying, said Ivy. No, I said Ivy for me. Okay. okay. But for Casey, okay. I would say I think Burks would probably start here. Maybe. Yeah. I feel like he's he's got to start Ivy here. I think he's like shoehorned I, into starting Ivy here. Yeah. Yeah. I think if 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 Burks was healthy to start the year, I think he'd start Burks. But I think he starts Ivy, and if you, Ivy your struggles, con- your, con- your conversation here, because because let's be clear that Bay is the is the three in everybody's lineup, right? So your conversation yep. here is Burks if he's healthy, mm-hmm. Ivy maybe livers right that it'd be a weird like very cave pace and space lineup but like maybe livers, livers. or Wait, are you it's playing two? point guard yeah. you're the two i'm saying basically you're, like you're, starting, like you're starting you're starting because you're doing a switch everything right so that that's what yeah. they're probably doing with that so or you're starting killian so you're saying you're you're really debating between killian and ivy at this point because burks is out and you don't like livers yeah and you're saying ivy i'm saying ivy okay Bay at the three. Well, here's the thing. I'm not saying... Here's, I think, where my lineup is going to differ. Mm-hmm. Because I don't... It's not that I don't like Livers. Mm-hmm. And I would personally say, start Livers at the four. Which is what I was saying prior to the Boyan like, okay. acquisition. Prior to Boyan. Yeah. But now, now... with Boyan? I... No, no, no. I still think that. But I was okay. thinking in Casey's lineup, he might be forced. Because I don't know who else would... Necessarily fit here unless you're going to put Marvin Bagley here, which I would have really hated. Um, but mm-hmm. I think this is where Boyan starts, and then for Casey, not for me, I'm still like I said, still livers. And then at the five, Noel is well, no, he's eh. rehabbing in theory, so yeah. maybe out. But he, let's pretend he's available. Mm. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're you're seriously considering demoting Stu here. I think it's gotta be well for my it's, lineup. Because Stu has started for a year and a half. Let me clarify. Let me clarify. For me, Stu is starting. Okay. Yeah, I think I think yeah, he's been there. He's been in that role long enough. He has to get start over Noel. Yeah. Okay. Even for even for Casey, so. I, so I think I think I that, Casey will be happy. Will be fine with that. I don't. Th- I don't think he'll be trying yeah. to demote Stu anytime soon. Yeah. Okay. I forget that he's been like the locked-in starter for like a year and a half now. Yeah. He took over from Plumlee late in that year, and then he's just been pretty much locked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you agree with which lineup? Do you agree with? I mean, of the two I players? would be starting Killian Cade, Bay, Boyan, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, 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 yeah. probably like. I would love to start Duran. Like I would really like just just like the, okay, the distance Twitter. Well, not not even that because like I want to see Duran like 
in this thing where he has this like extremely contained role as the role guy and then a drop defender. I really want to see um, Killian and Cade in like a top lock defense again, the way Killian was in the first uh, year. Like, I really want to see that tactically. So, like, I guess you could go with Noel, but like, I would love it if Duran was like ready to take that on. Uh, mm. It's going to be Stu. Yeah. Uh, like it, it's going to be Stu. I would still probably I I like the idea of starting Killian basically because I think Noel uh Noel I think Burks <laughs> and Ivy as your bench unit is interesting. Um, I think you can do like a Burks mm. Ivy Livers uh Bagley, um, and then I guess it's up to you whether you want to do um like Hami in like the wing thing and have Bagley at the five or Noel as the the five with Bagley at the four, but like I think I that the like, lineup is going to be really interesting. Yeah, what rotation comes out of and and the the reason I say that is isn't is is less actually about me wanting to see Killian start and more about me wanting to see Ivy get like lots and lots of reps, just like doing pick and roll stuff in the middle of the floor, like all the stuff he wasn't really doing at Purdue because they did like they ran everything through the bigs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like one of the things is. Um, I've had this kind of conversation with people with Killian is like, I do not like, I want Killian to get pick and roll reps because I think that's like, what's going to showcase what he's good at. I am not worried about him getting pick and roll reps from a development standpoint. I think he's already awesome at that. Like I, I have no, no issues with him as a pick and roll person. I, I'm pretty confident that if you give him a role, man, you're going to get reasonable offense out of him, you know? So yeah. like Ivy, on the other hand, I want to get pick and roll reps because I need him to like see the floor and learn these things that he hasn't done for more than a couple, like literally maybe a hundred reps total in college. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with your thought process on it, but for me, I, don't I would rather <laughs> have his development be based on playing off of a Cade Cunningham and being that secondary ball handler a little bit more. I want him to get used to playing next to someone like I, see, who's going to dominate. I don't ball. think that's a problem for Ivy. Like he played off ball his entire Purdue career. Right, they were running him off ball screens into into three point shots all the time. Now I think he needs to like have some shooting development. I think there's like some work to be done on the shot to like make that better and more consistent. But like he already knows how to run off screens. He already knows how to how to cut. He already like he knows that stuff. He's done that stuff. Uh, so like I don't think there's actually going to be much of a problem with him and Cade working together off ball. It's it's a I think the biggest question for their pairing is, um, is Ivy good enough on ball to take reps from Cade, right? Is, is it worth putting the ball in Ivy's hands ever? And right now I don't think it's good. That's going to be the case until he's a better pick and roll guy. Right. And then the, the, the next question is, um, like, is there a flow to that or is it a, my turn, your turn thing? Right. That's the other question. I don't think, there's a problem to like either one of them spotting up while the other runs a pick and roll. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm confident in both of them off ball, so that the other person can facilitate and you get a dangerous ivy coming off like a back cut, or you know, Cade rotating out for a three. Like, I'm confident with either one of them off ball, so that I'm fine with them apart. But I don't know. Just for me in my head, just the lineup. Cohesion makes more sense with Killian coming off the bench like he was starting to get comfortable with last year and with Ivy starting next to Cade and getting those reps next to someone that we're hoping he's going to be with for the next 
eight, ten years, whatever it's going to be. Just did you see the uh, the media day quote where he said he wants to spend his whole career in Detroit? That doesn't shock me at all from the way that he was uh, <laughs> from. He said Detroit he runs deep. He wants to be here for his whole career, and I love it. I, everything about this draft it fell perfectly. I know we were we were upset that the Pistons weren't like, oh, maybe we can get Paolo at the three spot, which pff, never going to happen apparently. Anyways, <laughs> but I have obviously the Pistons fell down in the lottery again. I'm upset about that, but overall can't complain. Got Jaden Ivy, very happy. Thanks again, Kings. Thank you, King. <laughs> Do you think Duran starts the season with the Pistons? Yes. Yes. All right. You think he's, he, does, he doesn't start uh, with the G League? Actually, I, I should I, ask I that think... as, do you think when the G League starts, he's going to go down to the G League? Because I don't think the G League starts right away, away with the I NBA believe. system. I think, it, I think it's a couple weeks in. Um, I wouldn't be shocked is how I would put it, but I would expect him to stay with the team. I think if we still had Kelly then I would be expecting it more. But minutes per game average away. before but minutes per game average before the, the Christmas. Over under ten minutes. Under, but if you said eight and a half, I'd take the over. Okay. It it I, a lot of it depends on, you know, how healthy Noel is because he's somebody who's injury prone as it is. Um and one of those two is going to be the backup center now. Like, I think uh, Casey's made it pretty clear he doesn't really see Livers as that, or not Livers, uh, Bagley um, as that. He so, might, I think. I think yeah, we I might see some Bagley at five. Much. He did a little as bit much last as, year. Not maybe as but much we only, as remember, we, we only got 18 games of Bagley last year. Was it even that? I think it was 18. I think it was okay. 18 games, of, or 16 or 18 games with, with Bagley. Now you got me second guessing. I said that all confidently. Now, now you're gonna you're gonna go fact check my my shit. You were correct. It was 18 games. God, damn, that was more than I thought. Honestly, really but uh, you know, so that I don't know that I don't know if that was like enough for him to be like, ah, yes, we're gonna try things, right? But like when they're doing the switch everything scheme, it's not as crazy for Bagley to be your five as it is like Bagley will never be a drop five. It's just not, he's like bad at it. So. Mm-hmm. um like I said, I like Bagley. We've talked about it many times. I see him at the five, but I just don't think Casey sees him the same way. So, well, and I, I was, I was also trying to to poke at with my my over under question there of like, do you see it as a? It's a Duran game, right? And so like Bagley's gonna sit, and we're gonna play Duran as you know he's gonna get sixteen minutes off the bench, or do you see Duran's minutes coming as, you know, three minutes here, four minutes there. You know, you're, you're going to end the second I don't, quarter. I don't, think, I don't think at the moment we're going to have like a during game because I think it's no very up, definitely with, under the under like ten, even under eight minutes per game, probably because yeah. then it's like you're getting like a four to six minute stretch at the end of the second, I'm, I'm and that's all you that get. He's going to get a little bit of run if Noel isn't hurt start the year. I'm sure he'll be hurt shortly after if I've learned anything from his career. So um, that uh, I will say the the theory of uh, you know, it being a Duran game, I think would be more plausible if we, like I said, didn't trade for Noel. If we still had Kelly, I could definitely see some games where it's like, we need to have a little bit of a rim runner who can, you know, be physical down low. Let's put in Duran. But now I, Noel, I think, covers a lot of that. So I am a little worried about, like, the Seku 
handling where I was like, ah, you're going to get like this four minute stretch and like, oh, you know what? You didn't do six great things. So you, you like, we're not going to play. Like, here's the thing. That was really poorly Doran handled at the time. will do those six great I'm, things though. That's my, like, that's my difference. I feel like he's, he's, he's going to be super active, but like, I think some of that activity is going to look real goofy. Like he's a block chase. Like there's gonna there's a lot of hard lessons you have to learn as a as a young center, and mm-hmm. especially a young center that's like not like his skills are not ready for like consistent NBA ball quite yet. I think. Yeah, I agree. But I think he's much closer than Seku was for a long time. Seku's time in the Pistons right now. So I hope he gets more of a chance, but. I'm just yeah, I'm a little worried that that's like the the tactic if that happens and that we end up just not seeing enough. All right. Who knows? Last I think big question for you. All right, an hour. You better get this question quick. La- last big question. What's next year look like for you? Last or excuse me, last year. La- oh yeah, no. Let me start there. Last year I feel like the Pistons in stretches showed flashes of what they can be going forward. I think this year is going to be a much larger example of that, where I think the Pistons are going to beat some teams that you wouldn't expect them to beat on nights that you don't really see it coming. But at the same time, I don't expect the Pistons to be doing anything too great this year. As I keep, I feel like I've said this every single podcast, don't expect the the Pistons to be contending even for a play-in spot this year. I just, I don't see it. I don't think, even with, you know, the recent pickups, uh, and the Knicks trade, and now this recent trade for uh, Boyan, like I, I still, we're not quite there yet. We're not quite ready. I think so the, there will be stretches where we'll be good, and we'll maybe, you know, come and shock a team that wasn't ready for the Pistons to be, you know, have a guy like Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, and they're going to get hot and they're going to have their time. But overall, I think it's going to be, at least my hope is that it's a year with a lot of great flashes, and you get glimpses of what the future can be. Uh, but maybe it'll still be a little bit frustrating watching on a night by night basis. So, so when we say like the team won, what was it? I'm I'm trying to pull up the stat from last year, but it's like ten of the last twelve. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right. eight. So like something like that. Like they were pretty good to end the it year was, last year. It was end of February, beginning of was there was definitely they won three in a row, which was <laughs> tankathon, uh, but. The stretch where they beat the Celtics, Cavs, Hornets, Raptors, Pacers, Hawks. That stretch is probably what we're talking about. Where they won. Well, I, I just know like they were they were like a thirty-five win pace or something at the end of last year. You know, it's like okay, Cade's getting healthy, and uh, you know, how much does like having a role man all year, right? How much of last year's uh, positivity towards the end? versus the suckitude at the beginning you know wh- which lessons are you taking away are you thinking uh we're going to come out much stronger because the team was better at the end than it was at the beginning or is it you know hey last year taught us that like these expectations are unreasonable right you can't expect to play in just because you're happy and excited and you know when you're keeping we, it down to earth we in a 35 win pace when, when like like if you happen? take like the last like like 25 games. I can't remember exactly the cutoff. It's just like to end the season, the Pistons looked a lot better, right? They weren't, a, they weren't a 20 win pace to end the season or whatever they ended up. It with. was the last 24 games. I'm going to guess because right before that they had a streak of 
Let me count this up. 4, 8, 10, 12. A lot of L's. 14. 1 and 14 stretch. So after that stretch, I think is <laughs> where you're talking about here. Yeah, um, the, the uh, like after game 57 is, is where we're talking. Cause the, yeah, I, I, I can see after losing at Washington where, like I said, they won a couple games, showed some flashes, and down the stretch had some wins. I don't see them... I don't see that as momentum carrying us forward. And if we do start off hot, I think it's more to do with the people that we brought in than necessarily how we finished last year. Okay. I think my point is, I think we'll see more stretches like that. Maybe not, was it six of eight against some really good competition? I don't think we're going to see that necessarily a lot, but a couple like two of three, three of four sprinkled in there enough to probably take us out of the top tankathon, but still also like, getting a late lottery pick you, you my... think they they get two wins in a row before the new year yes because literally their their first uh back-to-back -back win was <laughs> was january 3rd and january 1st so so you think you're thinking they probably get at least a a back-to-back -back win sometime before game 35 here's my bold claim of the podcast Ooh, bold predictions the pistons will get a back-to-back -back win two in a row before the end of October. Before October? <laughs> I looked There's the like six games there. <laughs> Look at this. Magic, at Knicks, at Pacers, at Wizards. Like, I think there's two somewhere in there. That's uh, probably fair, to be honest with you. And then I'm it's thinking, Hawks, I'm Hawks, thinking Warriors, the first Warriors, two, honestly. Hawks, so that's rough. Yeah. I'm thinking either Magic and Knicks or Knicks and Pacers. So that is a back-to-back, -back, so it might be a bit close. But... Yeah, there's not a lot of easy stuff after that, either. No, it, it gets real hard right after that. Yeah, stretch. there's there's a lot like the next the next uh, plausible one is like December fourteenth and sixteenth is like a Hornets Kings. Why uh, do we play the fucking Hawks twice in three days? Because they're trying they're trying to reduce travel, so they're just trying they're trying to get more series in now. They they've put a big emphasis on that. Well, Which is I, I like it's like, like the get, shortest trip. <laughs> yeah, but they're just they're just trying to to reduce. Travel, which I mean, you, I, I support that on one hand, and on the other hand, it's like, ah, uh, you know, it, it does kind of suck to like, like all your Giannis games are out of the way early, or yeah. you know, I would, I would, it's a, it's a little hard to like catch an injury and stuff like that. I just, I think, I wish they would do that more in terms of like, you're on a four game road trip, you go pop, 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 and like, they always hit, like, have. The East Coast. I mean, you've always done the the like West Somewhat. Coast stuff. The East Coast always, a little less. There's but... always the West Coast swing, but right. they like... they cluster they cluster big distance stuff pretty My good for is, most you should, teams. You should play like the four teams that are all right next to each other, which I would say like this like division, but the NBA doesn't really do divisions all tightly compact. It's kind of spread all over the place. I mean, the... you should put you should have like a stretch of those road games. For the uh, the. All the arena scheduling and all that stuff, right? It adds a, oh, yeah, a huge layer of complication to this. That, so that just like it's it's so hard to understand for uh, from the outside looking in. But like it the would be kind Nerd of interesting. Would love to love to see how they because I know they used to do it by hand, which I don't know how the fuck that was it's crazy. Possible. Now now they just run simulations over and over and over and over and over again, and they pass them around the league basically, and every team has a chance to be like, "What the hell? You gave us so many back to backs, or uh, hey, did you realize that like this game and this game are really tight? That's like you know, we don't want that. Or like, hey, we were really hoping for, uh, 
you know, this game to be kind of protected so that we could retire a jersey, that kind of thing. Like, teams have a little bit of input in that, but mm-hmm. basically they just run Sims over and over and over again. They pass around a couple a couple rounds. I want to be the, want to be the person who's just in charge of just run the Sim. Like, I don't like that one. Let me try again. Well, oh, I, th- I think uh, um, I think it's Howard Beck, I want to say, has had the schedule guys. It's either him or Zach Lowe has had the schedule that's, czars. That sounds like one of those um, two. <laughs> like, on the podcast every year to just talk about it. So... Uh, I would I would look out for one of those, but um, it would be kind of interesting. Just like if if you had control of all the of all the arenas and everything, to be like you do like divisional pods, like yeah, to start every month or something, to to just like be like, all right, we do a round robin in the division, and then we travel, and then we come back and do a round robin in the division, and then you travel. Something like that would be kind of interesting, just to kind of keep that clustered. But yeah, exactly, that makes so, sense to me. But what do I know? So I guess the the over under I want to say for the season is twenty seven and a half. I want to say that over. was the the line. So you're taking over. I think after the Bullion trade, I, I don't know what the line is. You're the one with all the betting uh, experience. You can you can look that line up much faster than I can. I don't know what it is after the Bullion trade. My guess is it's closer to thirty. Let's see, Vegas Insider, which has been last updated yesterday at four p.m. Has the Pistons over under at twenty nine and a half? Ooh, that's yeah, actually, yeah. Hey, so that, that's, that's that that's a little spicier. I might take the under. I was gonna say I'm definitely over the original line of twenty seven and a half. The, I think the bullion trade is worth two to three wins. But the Wizards at thirty five and a half is a pound the over. Yes, I, 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 yeah. If we're healthy, which I think we will be. The Knicks Man at thirty nine and a half is Porzingis. a pound the under. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. So then, next to the Wizards, which one? The the which? Wizards one. I didn't realize you. I was I was too busy making fun of the the Wizards in my head to to hear you. I was mention looking at the, the other Knicks. one, which was Knicks at thirty nine and a half, which that's definitely going under. I don't trust I don't trust the Knicks at all. Probably under, but like thirty seven is pretty plausible to me. Like I I think that's a tighter under than you're giving it credit. I for. I think they're maybe thirty four, thirty five. That's where I'm looking at them personally. I'm just a big R.J. Barrett fan. I like R.J. Barrett a lot. And Quentin Grimes. Big Quentin Grimes fan. Really big Quentin Grimes fan. Interesting ones. The Celtics at 53.5 needs to probably come down, personally. They should not be the top of the league. 53 is the top mark this year? Yeah, I know. That's wild. That doesn't sound right. I mean, it's always weird because, like, if the Warriors are healthy, right? The Warriors win, like, near 60. If the Warriors are not healthy, the Warriors win 46. So like there's there's big swings there, but can you I'm guess what the those... Lakers over under is at? The Lakers, uh, How many well, wins? like they should be like f- max like forty five, like max, uh, and they're pretty juiced. So I'm gonna be like forty three, forty five and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say 40, 45 is like the like it's like the the like max I would really trust them to win. And like the but the Lakers line juicing is like ridiculous, right? Because everybody, That's all the Lakers fans Lakers, are going to go crazy. Packers, so like, like you have to just assume Packers that there's like a plus that. three, uh, juicing on that line. Grizzlies at forty eight and a half. Take the over. Uh, with uh, with with uh, JJJ out for an extended period of time to start the year, I don't know about that. Yeah, he's out. Damn it, JJ. Yeah, he he's he's always struggling. He's always out. All right, I think we've done enough here. Okay, so so big question. 
Right. It's big, big follow-up questions to, to our to our expectations thing. What can change your expectations mid-season? Are you saying for the positive or the negative? Or just I'm saying what, what, what things swing that line in a major way for you? I mean, is, is, a is, is the, things. <laughs> well, is is there something like a plausible like in season trade where you're like, yep, we're definitely going to be like the seven seed, right? Like we're gonna we're gonna blow past the over under. Not any trades that I would like long term. I would say I don't foresee um, anyone becoming available that I want the Pistons to go and trade for mid season. Right. I so like, if, uh, we were, if we were doing it, it was gonna it will be bad for us long term. We'll be giving up someone of significant value. Like a John Collins trade. You're just like, no, no, I don't see it and I don't want it. Unless they're trying to give him away. Okay. How about what kind of things take you down to like, oh, shit, we're getting the first pick now? I mean, obviously, for the first pick, it's literally got to be Cade has broken his leg. Don't put that out in the universe. Find some wood. Knock on it. Knock on it right now. You got a table behind you. Knock on that wood. All right. I was just curious if there was something where you were like, yeah, this could happen. You know, like, I mean, when it, I wrote this question, it was like, "Oh, a trade for Boyan Bogdanovich is like worth three wins." Crazy how I mean, that, it'll, how that it'll just help happens. A, like <laughs> trades help, but I don't. In terms of over under, at least unless it's like, like where the Chauncey uh, Iverson trade was, where it was right at the beginning of the year, unless it's something like that, like mid season trades, I don't think really make too much of a difference in the over under, unless it's something massive. I'm just thinking, like, not not even, like, the literal over-under, but just, like, your opinion of, like, what the team is doing. And, like, do you... Do, I would I'm, I'm just curious. The, if, I would say the only thing that would it, would... it would kind of be, honestly, more the other way around, which is that the Pistons are doing better than I expect them to, and then they go and make a trade for someone. That would be when I'd be like, oh, my expectations are much more raised now. If the Pistons start off hot and then make a trade for... I don't know. I mean, not John Collins, but someone else who's going to be a decent, maybe fifth starter. Then, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just curious. All right, yeah. that's that's the last question I had for you. I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, off the hook with the the rest of the things that are in the sheet. We'll, we'll deal with them later. The, we'll uh, get to the three guard stuff eventually. One, <laughs> one of these, one of these years. It's it's only been on the dock in a potential topic for I don't know how long. E- easily since last year, since this <laughs> time least. last year, as uh, well as defensive scheme. But I'm putting that one at the bottom for a good reason. <laughs> no one wants to listen to that. I, I want to listen. I want to talk about it. I want to you talk want to talk about, about it. it. No one wants to listen to it. That's, that's we barely get enough to listen to, to us anyways. <laughs> All right. Uh, next pod week or two out might have basketball like we're, we're yeah. getting close uh, i don't when is our first preseason game i think it's three weeks out right no i think the season is honestly three weeks out nba preseason starts the 30th season starts Holy the 19th. crap yeah i'm gonna say preseason starts relatively soon the season is three weeks from today when we're recording this that's disgusting yep. Man, like next tuesday we have pistons basketball Yep, I'm not ready. <laughs> just say, I imagine we'll. I'm, I'm gonna. Out. I'm gonna say it out loud. I'm not ready. <laughs> God. Well, the next pod might be starting the season. Yeah, next pod will will have had basketball. That's crazy talk. I'm not ready. I'm ready to see some Jaden Ivy. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm. I'm a little ready for that. 
I'm not like my clipping fingers are like all, all they're all dried out and like I I need to stretch. I, I'm not ready. Is the computer ready? You got software up. Hey, start replace that replace that power supply. I can actually use my GPU at full power. It's crazy. All right. <laughs> I think we'll see everybody then. Yep. Thanks for tuning back in. Talk to you guys later. Bye bye. Today's music was made by Blank and Kit. You can find a link to their music in the description.